0: Today I want to start off with encouraging you that it is okay to participate in church service. Okay, you are allowed, no one even said anything. Great, so I'll go over to this side. It is okay to participate in church service. This side will be my side now for the rest of the time. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, So in the spirit of participation, and just so you can get to know about who I am, I would like to invoke a little competition this morning. Uh, you against whoever you're sitting closest with. Now, let me just disclaimer, I'm not responsible for anyone that has to walk home based on the outcome of this competition that we are going to do. So husbands and wives and children, get along with each other, even though you're competing. All right, so here's what's going to happen. When I, was in, when I was in the third grade, uh, Mrs. Stuffle, my third grade teacher, she would hand us a packet of these things called Wordle's, every friday afternoon and we would just take our time trying to figure them out they got more difficult as the year went on and uh, so essentially wordles are just word clue puzzles and here's what i would like for you to do this morning is i would like for you to compete with the people you're closest with in trying to answer out loud with the correct answer faster than they are able to now they'll be up here on the screen and if you can't read the font then i guess the young people have an advantage uh, this morning in the competition, so we got to give them a leg up somehow. So, so no, no, no worries. Uh, we're going to, uh, they're going to be up there, or at least we're hoping things have been fixed from first service that they will be up there. So here's the first one. See if you can guess the answer for this. Side by side is the correct answer. Does everyone, does everyone understand what we're doing now? Does everyone knows the game? Great. Okay. Here we go. Uh, second one. Now that was an easy one for a warm up there for you guys. So there's going to get a little, there's only a couple more. Next one. Just between you and me. Great. Well done. Nice. Next one. Banana split is the correct answer for that. Well, there are quite a few adults in here who are still not grasping the concept of what's going on, and I'm a little concerned. We'll pray for you at the end of this. Uh, All right, now this one is a step up. This is like master's level type of guess here, so be impressed if someone gets this right. Go with the last one. This is a misunderstanding between friends is what… A lot of eye rolls and head shakes here for that one. Uh, did anyone just get one right? Of the Participation is okay. Congratulations to you for, for doing that. Here's why I love these things, and, and I will confess I'm a little bit of a nerd uh, when it comes to this stuff. I love these type of things, and I'm glad Mrs. Stuffle gave us these when I was in third grade because they're challenging because they aren't just the words to read, Like you have to look past a little bit to be able to fully understand it or you're never going to get any of them right. And after a while, you kind of program your brain to understand uh, how things are working. But to get to the right answer, you have to connect, well, a different meaning than what's just on the surface and and on the appearance. And it requires uh, that you look at one thing and realize there might be another meaning than what's just been presented to you. That's fun for a game and very frustrating when it happens in real life. When you have one thing that looks like this and then you have come to find out a little later on that it actually was something completely different than what you thought it was at first. It's exciting, it's a little challenging, a little fun when it's a game, but when you're making decisions that will, will have some impact on your life, that's well, not as fun to, to have that happen. And here's what I've noticed uh, in reading through this book, specifically in the Gospels, is that when when Jesus is talking to people, well, he does this. He teaches large crowds, and he has conversations with people, and he says things that at face value might mean something, and then when you look a little bit deeper, well, there's actually a whole other meaning than what was just on the surface, So here's what I want to do uh, with what's left with the rest of this morning. And I would encourage you as we look through uh, through these two passages here, I'm going to, I'll just put all the cards on the table. I'm going to read some passages of Scripture today that there's a chance you have read many times in your life. And I just want to present to you this morning that for, for these next few minutes, maybe you could look at them with a different set of eyes than what you previously have brought into the text, that maybe this morning you would read the words of Jesus, and be mindful of what might be here for you today versus what maybe has been there in the past and how you've seen it. So, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Mark chapter four, and we are going to start. Uh, we're going to start in verse one, is where we're going to be at. So, flip your flip your Bible open if you have the paper Bible, if If your Bible glows whenever you touch the screen, get that one out and thumb and swipe through to wherever you have to be at. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 1, it's on page 890 in my Bible, but that's not helpful because you don't have my Bible. So uh, find your way there uh, in yours. Mark chapter 4 will be on the screen as well. Let me read it and we'll start. It says this, again, he began to teach by the sea. A very large crowd gathered around him, so he got into a boat on the sea, and he sat down while the whole crowd was by the sea on the shore. He taught them many things in parables, and in his teaching, he said to them, pause for a second. I love the creativity and the practicality of what Jesus does here. He has gone from city to city to city, teaching things and doing incredible things to witness, I don't know about you. Yesterday, I did not see a blind man have sight for the first time in his life. That didn't happen to me. Maybe it did for you. That's awesome if that did. Because of the things he was doing and what he was teaching, people would literally uproot their lives and just follow him from town to town. So he's gone from city to city to city. People are like, I don't care where this dude is going. I'm going with him because I can't wait to see what happens next. And so it gets to the point to where there are so many people around him that Jesus pulls out onto a boat enough where he can see, see the whole crowd because there's a lot of them. If you've ever been like on a boat ramp or a dock, typically they come downhill to assist in unloading the boat. Jesus pulls away and when he pulls away, we now have this natural amphitheater that has been created so he can see all the people and when he talks, The water will act as a natural PA system to amplify his voice so it can be heard. I love how practical and functional Jesus is in this moment because he wants to make sure everyone can hear him and can see him. And scripture tells us in verse 2 that he's going to teach them something and he's going to use this device called a parable. Now, let me clearly give you just an easy, basic definition of what a parable is, because it's important to the rest of what we're going to talk about. A parable is a story that conveys spiritual ideas using, well, physical examples. Another way to put it is a parable is an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. And just like our wordles we just talked about, right, we know that a parable has one thing at face value— And there's something else that you're going to have to find out about that because it's not just going to be at face value what you need to know. So this is what he says, verse 2. He says, He taught them many things in parables, and in his teachings he said to them, Listen, consider the sower who went out to sow. If you want to translate to modern, you could put the word farmer in there. Consider the farmer who goes out to plant. As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. The birds, they came and they devoured it. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. And when the sun came up, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed, well, it fell among the thorns. And the thorns came up and it choked it and it didn't produce fruit. In verse 8, still other seed fell on good ground. And it grew up producing fruit that increased 30, 60, and even a hundred times. And then he said, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen. Some translations would say, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now to the people that he's speaking to right now, this is like very, very common for them. In fact, some scholars even believe that as Jesus is out on a boat teaching, he uses a field or could even point to a field where someone might even have been doing what he was describing for them to be able to see. And they're just taking seed and they're walking their property in big bags and he's just throwing it. Now, people who were farming back then were like really good at doing that. So it was just a constant smooth motion. They'd throw it everywhere that they could. They know what Jesus is talking about. The face value of it, they know. And Jesus says a really interesting phrase. He says, let let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, duh, Jesus, right? Like, what else do you do with your ears? Like, (laughs) cool, thanks for bringing that up. You know what I mean? Like, the sky is blue, the water is wet. You know, we won't get into that argument. But anyway, duh, obviously, right? I mean, that would be like saying, if you don't have ears, you can't hear. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I appreciate the easiness of what you just did. But here's what, here's what he's saying. It's like this. He's saying if you have ears to hear, you should hear. And here's ultimately what he's trying to convey to them is this. He clues them in there's going to be something more. He's trying to tell them for the people that are in the crowd, if you want to actually understand what I'm talking about, you'll have access to it. If you want to know what I'm trying to tell you, if you have ears to hear what I'm saying, you will be able to listen and be able to hear it. Gentlemen in the room that are married, you should be able to appreciate this. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. It has, right? You come in and you have a conversation with your wife and you ask her, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? And she says, oh, I'm fine run, right? Like this is dangerous territory right here. Wives, some of you are smiling a little too big right now, and I feel foot bad just for your husbands in general. But when you say like, hey, uh, oh, are, are you mad at me? No, I'm fine. Uh-oh, right? It only takes about two months of being a marriage burn, like walk away from the bomb. We're going to defuse it later. Like you have to go and figure out like, I find it very practical that I just go, well, I have done something, and I'm not sure what I have done, but I know that I have done something, right? I'm a very self-aware man at this point. For being married for uh, for only eight years, I know, like, yeah, I've done I've done something here. Jesus tells him this parable, and says, "If you have ears to hear, then you should hear it." Meaning, there's something else that we have to get. We know it's a parable. We know there's another thing coming beyond just just what we have here, and thankfully. Much like us men have to try and decode what we've done wrong, well, we should probably figure out and decode what this parable is and learn from it. And Jesus, he's a solid dude. He helps us out because he explains to his disciples what this parable means. We don't have to guess at it. He provides generously for us the answer to what this means. And what I love about Jesus, and this is just a side note, Jesus is different than any other person who is a crowd-gathering speaker in the Gospels. Jesus will do incredible things, and people will just come to follow for miles and miles. And when a bunch of people get around, Jesus will do something that no one else does. He'll say something that makes people want to leave. Like, think about social media today. The more Facebook friends and Instagram followers and more views that you have on your TikTok and the many streaks as you have in Snapchat, Snapchat and TikTok are these social media platforms. Okay, no, we won't go into that. Um, the more people you have, the better off you are. The more you fill up a stadium, the, more, the better the environment is. And Jesus, when more people follow him and start to crowd around, he goes, I need for you to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Nope, I'm out. Like even, even the disciples like, this is that's a hard teaching to follow. He'll say crazy things like, if you want to follow me, the people who persecute you and make your life difficult, I want you to pray for them. And the people who are your enemies, I want for you to love them. And people, people check out. And when all these crowds start to follow Jesus right here in this moment, he chooses to teach in a way that not all of them are going to understand. When crowds gather, he would teach difficult things. So here's what, here's what this parable means, and, and I want to get to the heart of this. So I'm going to flip to Luke chapter 8, another one of the Gospels that records this same parable in verse 11. It says this, it says, this is Jesus talking. looking at his disciples. And he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed along the path, well, those are those who have heard. And we got to pause here for a second because Jesus informs us that the word, that's the seed that the farmer, the sower sows and throws around. But we also have found out in just two short sentences that the earth and the dirt that he's talking about isn't actually earth and dirt, it's actually people. People who hear the Word of God. So let me ask you, as we continue to read this, and not in any judgmental type of way, but let me ask you, now that we know that soil represents the kind of people, I'm wondering if you might be able to find people that you know in this parable when we read about these kinds of people. So as you listen and read, see if you can think of someone that this might describe that you know or have experienced. Verse 12, the seed along the paths, those are people who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the seed that's on the rock, those are who when they hear, they receive the word with joy, but having no root, they believe for a while and they fall away in a time of testing. In verse 14, as for the seed that fell among thorns, well, those are the ones who when they've, they've heard, they go on their way and it gets choked out with worries and riches and pleasures of life and it produces no mature fruit. But the seed and the good ground the good soil those are the ones who have heard the word with an honest and good heart and they hold on to it by enduring which produces fruit now we know that we know that these soils represents people and here's a, I just I just want to encourage you like what Jesus tells us here is that every time God's word goes out something happens. There's not a time where when we sow God's Word that it just, just nothing happens. Nothing goes on. I find that encouraging because sometimes it takes a lot of nerve for me to find my voice and to speak up or to share my testimony or to walk across the street to my neighbor and to begin to try and have spiritual conversations. And when Jesus tells us here, something's going to happen when you do that, it's not just going to fall empty there won't be anything that happens. Jesus is going to teach over these next, if you flip a few pages, Jesus is going to teach consecutive parables about living in God's kingdom. It's like this. It's like this. It's like this. But he starts off talking about the parable of the sower. And here's why. Because it's almost like Jesus is saying, you can listen to as much of my teaching as you want. But if you won't let it penetrate your heart, then you don't really have to worry about the rest of it. Because here's what's so crazy. The soil representing people in this crowd Jesus is talking to, every single one of those heart conditions of soil is represented in that crowd. In fact, that's why Jesus is doing this. Because he knows that some of the people that are there are only following him just to watch what he'll do. They just want to see the show. And some of them are there because what he has taught them has resonated with him. And they're trying to figure out how to actually follow him. You have ears to hear, let it hear. There's accessibility in the message of the kingdom if you want to actually, if you actually want to hear it. But if we don't let things take root, the other stuff won't matter. Can I suggest to you today for your consideration that just like in that crowd thousands of years ago, all four soils could be represented by people in this room today. Listen, I don't, I don't know most of you. And I don't know if you're on this side of like, I'm just here because someone said they'd buy me lunch after church. And not Chick-fil-A because I'm closing Sunday. But... <laughs> Someone's going to buy me lunch, so yeah, I'll go to church with you. Or if you're like, hey, I've been following Jesus for a really long time, and, and I'm all in on this. And wherever you're at on that scale, I just want for you to know, I think in this room represented today are all four soils. Because, well, let's, let's be honest, right? Let's not miss that for each of us here today, this parable challenges us to have prepared hearts in place so we can hear from God and find out what God wants for us as well. Because here's the truth, it doesn't just happen at the moment of salvation. God's news, the gospel, if you've tuned out, only hear the one thing I say today, let me say this, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is just as powerful and important the day you accept Jesus as it is for you today right now. It is good news every single day of your life. And Jesus says, I need for your heart to be good soil so that every day you can take to heart what I have for you on that day. That's why we talk about having a personal and active relationship with Jesus because every day his mercies are new for us, and he has something that he wants to say to us every single day. He has good news for us. So what does what does this mean for you? Whatever kind of soil you might find your heart to be represented in in this parable. I'm reminded of King David in the Old Testament who says, "God, would you create in me a clean heart?" God created me a clean heart. David knowing full well his humanity and sin desired for God to do whatever he had to do for his heart to be in the right place as he led God's people. Maybe for for you today, like you found yourself as a different kind of soil than what you found a year ago. Let's, Let's put all the all the show and all the, the niceties and all the, all the things we want people to think about us. The past year and a half has been crazy because all of the outside noise that drowned out what's going on in here and in here got stripped away from all of us. And I've said it before in conversations, for the first time in a long time, some of us got alone and we in like, What? happened when we got alone. And I'm wondering maybe for you, this Sunday, today, this moment is the moment for you to go, my heart is not good soil, but I want it to be. My wife and I, when we moved into our new home, our first home that we bought, uh, homeowners, you'll appreciate this. uh, We got there and we just kept asking over and over again, why would someone do this to a house? And they had these bushes that were this tall all the way down the front porch. And we're like, okay, those look terrible. We gotta get rid of them. And so me being the master homeowner that I am, I grabbed my chainsaw as any good man would do. And I cut all the trees down. They fell over. We got rid of them. And we're like, oh, it looks great. What should we do next? Like, let's plant some flowers, make it look beautiful out front. And we realized something. We couldn't plant those flowers until we removed the roots of those bushes out of the ground to make it good soil. It wouldn't have survived. It wouldn't have lasted. It would have been a waste of our time. So maybe today you just go, Jesus, I'm here presenting myself, and I've got some things that I need to get rid of. So I can be good soil. So I can hear the good news that you have for me. I mean Jesus Clearly says, let anyone who has ears to hear, let them hear. Maybe today in, in our response time, you just go, Jesus, I, I, I want to be that person. I want to hear what you have for me. And if, if I may make a suggestion to you that the best place for that to ever happen and to start that I have found following Jesus. It starts with this little thing right here, which represents to be at the foot of the cross. This is, the be- this is one of the best parts about Jesus. He teaches in another parable about a son that goes away and comes back and the father runs with arms wide open whenever he comes back. So maybe for you, like today is a good moment of just all the shows are gone, All the all the fronts are off, and you just need to clean something up in your soil to be a good soil, so that when God gives good news to you, it will take root in your heart. Listen, all of us have been through a crazy, crazy past sixteen to eighteen months, so maybe today is the first time instead of ignoring those thoughts. You just go, Jesus, I'm tired of ignoring them. I'm taking them and I'm giving them to you because I want to be good soil. It starts with this. This little wafer that represents to us, it's like this, represents the body of Christ that was broken and beaten on a cross as an act of sacrifice for each one of us. And then the other side of this is the juice that represents the blood of Jesus that was spilled on our behalf. Because of what this represents, we know that Jesus laid down his life so that we could find ours. That because of what happened on the cross, we get to have life. And as Jesus said, life to the fullest. So these next few moments are yours to just consider a few things, to take communion and to to respond in worship. This, This bench, this altar right here, wide open. If you're like, I need to get out of my seat and I need to just take a hot minute to be alone with Jesus right here. And I'm only focused on that. It's your space, use it. Jesus, we thank you for your word that even though spoken, to large crowds thousands of years ago that because of your Holy Spirit still has meaning and still speaks to us today. So I pray for every person in this room, myself included, that we may take an honest look at the soil that is represented by our lives and our hearts and we might be able to just take out anything that is not of good soil and hand it over to you. We thank you for the cross, for the incredible display of sacrifice, love, and mercy that is available to each one of us because of who you are. We come to the altar of our hearts and the physical altar now to spend time with you. Speak in a way that only you can to each one of us. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.